We are back. You know, another film that uh, is worthy of mention, we think, on this program is World Trade Center. Seems to be getting some very good reviews, and we're great admirers of Oliver Stone. I had a chance to meet uh, Mr. Stone back in 1993 and uh, professed my admiration for the good work he did in producing JFK. That movie, frankly, was robbed for the Oscar for Best Picture by Silence of the Lambs. Of the two, I think it is far the superior motion picture. Although I know my good friend Dr. Andy Jones does not agree with me on that. But JFK is more than a great motion picture. It also gives you an alternative version of what might have happened in Dallas back on November 22, 1963. That all in all contains less fiction than The Warren Report. Of course, I would note part of why World Trade Center is getting some such great reviews is that it does not delve at all into any of the, quote, conspiracies, unquote, surrounding the events of September 11th. We've talked much on this program about some of those issues, but uh, uh, like Oliver Stone, we're going to just give that a rest today. Some months back, we talked about Hugh Thompson, uh, his obituary, the man who stopped uh, some of the killing that took place at uh, My Lai in Vietnam. A story follow-up to that, we would note that, um, according to the Los Angeles Times, extensive files of Vietnam atrocities emerged by someone taking a look at some of the records that had been stored in the National Archives in College Park, Maryland. These records had, in fact, been there largely unnoticed since 1994. The files were part of a once-secret archive assembled by the Pentagon Task Force in the early 1970s examining atrocity tales of Vietnam. And the documents detail 320 alleged incidents that were substantiated by Army investigators. This does not include Mi Lai. It was noted that retired Brigadier General John H. Johns, a Vietnam veteran who served on the Pentagon's task force, said he once supported keeping the records secret but now believes they deserve wide attention in light of alleged attacks on civilians and abuse of prisoners in Iraq. We can't change current practices unless we acknowledge the past, said Johns, now 78. The article mentions Jamie Henry, a man who tried to blow the whistle on this event, who basically got uh, nowhere and was not believed and called a traitor, or worse, by some people. Turns out he was telling the truth. The event that Henry reported on was uh, that of uh, a settlement in Quang Nam province, an event that took place on February 8, 1968. Henry was part of the Army's B Company, which entered the village. He noted that after he sat down and lit up a cigarette to rest, uh, he heard over the radio that um, a lieutenant said he had rounded up 19 civilians and wanted to know what to do with them. The company commander's response was, kill anything that moves. Henry stepped outside the hut, saw a small crowd of women and children. Then the shooting began. We at Radio Parallax uh, would agree that uh, these events should be publicized and what happened should be, you know, explained in order to prevent future occurrences of a similar nature in Iraq and elsewhere. Unfortunately, after the LA Times examined most of the files and obtained copies of about 3,000 pages, which is about one-third of the total, Government officials removed them from the public shelves, saying they contained personal information that was exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. 
course, the Bush administration's effort to restrict your access to data is going ahead full steam and uh, we think is not a good thing. By the way, the opinions expressed on this program represent those of the host alone. They do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the University of California. You may have been surprised to see a headline recently noting that Plan B was nearing a wider sale. Uh, we were certainly shocked to read that the FDA was suddenly saying it was willing to, to ease access to morning after birth control pills because, uh, you know, against the advice of their own committee, they decided to take no action on this months ago. We've talked about this uh, on the program. So I was surprised to see a headline saying, well, they might make it available, even though it's only going to be to buyers who are 18 and up. But, of course, uh, the real story turned out that uh, this unexpected announcement by the FDA came in conjunction with the United States Senate's Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee's hearing on acting FDA Commissioner Andrew von Essenbach's nomination to become their permanent head. Evidently, Senators Hillary Rodham Clinton of New York and Patty Murray of Washington, who are on the committee, have vowed to withhold the confirmation until the FDA makes a final decision on Plan B. So the FDA didn't suddenly have a turn of heart. It was that their feet, was being, their feet were being held to the fire, and we salute to uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton and Patty Murray. In other health-related issues, uh, the, the objections of people in Yolo County to the aerial spraying for mosquitoes to prevent West Nile virus is being treated, uh, it seems, with a sort of, well, they're at it again in Davis sort of attitude. We at the Radio Parallax would side with the skeptical residents of Yolo County who just wonder about, uh, about the wisdom of going out and spraying pesticide over everything. West Nile virus is here. It's in our mosquito population. It's here to stay. We should exercise reasonable efforts at mosquito abatement. But the truth is most people who get this disease are going to have minimal cases. There are a few uh, instances that have gotten some wide press of people who had devastating uh, cases of West Nile. This is not the usual outcome. And to use that to whip public opinion up to go out and start spraying everywhere just seems irresponsible to us. I mean, we're, we're getting advice from public health officials saying uh, things like, well, uh, don't go out at night. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, it's true. If you stay home, a lot of potential hazards will not befall you, but I don't think that's what we're here on Earth for, are we? Well, I think some people imagine that opening up a can of Pringles and sitting in front of the tube is what they're here on Earth for, but, uh, but we cannot agree. Another health issue we're kind of miffed about is Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger getting involved in uh, hospital management. He seems to have a tendency to want to do this on the side of management. The governor a couple weeks ago acted to stop emergency room doctors from charging patients for costs not covered by managed care insurance plans. In an executive order, the governor ordered the state agency that oversees managed health care to issue regulations barring the practice. He also directed the Department of Managed Health Care to set up a system for mediating payment disputes between insurers and doctors and determine fair prices for health services. 
So our take on this is uh, an HMO, someone signs up for an HMO, which agrees to some sort of skimpy payment to, to a hospital, and if uh, the services rendered exceed that, well, you're just stuck. You have to eat it. You can't bill for it. Emergency room doctors have noted that uh, by this decision, the governor was effectively intervening against them in a long-running dispute with health plans over how much they should be paid. Dr. Miles Reiner, president of the California branch of the American College of Emergency Physicians, said that ER doctors already have been working for a year with the Schwarzenegger administration to set up a system for mediating payment disputes. The health plans are interested in having state regulators set standards for fair reimbursement rates that are lower than the current standards. Said Dr. Reiner, by calling for pricing regulations to be rewritten, the the governor appears to have bought off on the idea that physician services are overvalued. He went on to say that health plans want to be able to pay whatever they want in an era where they're making record profits. Dr. Reiner also questioned whether the governor had legal standing to stop doctors from billing patients by issuing his regulations. Rather predictably, Christopher Oldman, head of the California Association of Health Plans, said the governor's action was the right thing to do. We think we're going to continue to follow that story uh, in the weeks to come. We've often said on this program that, uh, you know, most of what you need is out there. You know, it's out there in the daily papers, but you often find it on page A17. And in that end, we would like to look at page A25 of the Sunday B. We're somewhat encouraged by the analysis by Eric Rosenberg from the Hearst Newspapers, which was, uh, well, examining what Donald Rumsfeld has said and what reality has been in the Middle East. Last week, Donald Rumsfeld said that he had never provided overly optimistic assessments of either the conflict in Iraq or Afghanistan. Quote, I've never painted a rosy picture. I've been very measured in my words. That's what he told the Senate Armed Services Committee. And you'd have a dickens of a time trying to find instances where I've been excessively optimistic, unquote. Well, just to cite one or two instances of what uh, Eric Rosenberg pointed out, noting that the Iraq war, which is now entering its 42nd month, um, well, the prognostication made by Rumsfeld on November 14, 2002 was as follows. I'll try and do a Rumsfeld impression. The Gulf War in the 1990s lasted five days on the ground. I can't tell you if the use of force in Iraq today would last five days or five weeks or five months, but it certainly isn't going to last any longer than that. Last year, March 21st, Rumsfeld told reporters, Well, the situation in Afghanistan has just made wonderful progress. They have a new government. They've assumed sovereignty over their country. The Taliban are gone. Rosenberg notes that, in fact, in the current situation, the Taliban is increasingly resurgent. Army Lieutenant General Carl Eikenberry, the top U.S. commander in Afghanistan, said last month, the Taliban is more organized than they were last year, and they have more fighters in certain areas. We have to ask, why hasn't Donald Rumsfeld been fired? All right, a couple of final items. Uh, Richard Pombo, after being challenged by Pete McCloskey for his seat uh, in the U.S. Congress, felt compelled to at least explain why he thinks the Endangered Species Act was bad and had to be rewritten. Uh, Representative Pombo, represents Tracy in the House, um, was given a lot of power. He was advanced to the head of the class uh, so that he could, well, 
do what some people think is the Bush administration's bidding in Congress. And by the way, his rewrite of the 1973 law did pass in the House 229 to 193 last September. It's now in the Senate where its fate seems to be hanging in the balance. Uh, You know, we enjoyed speaking with Pete McCloskey, the author of the original 1973 Endangered Species Act, so much that we're going to try and get him back to talk about his run against Pombo and where things stand at present. And final item, we talked about Davis, people talking about sort of Davis's attitude, which, uh, you know, we think is basically a very sensible outlook for the most part uh, to how things ought to be done. Well, the, the attitude of the people in Davis seems to be catching on elsewhere in terms of at least getting together to take your own steps to combat uh, uh, the world's issues. Over in St. Helena, I was heartened to discover the city has formed a global warming task force. Yay! We're very encouraged by the fact that citizens in small towns in America can be uh, you know, uh, encouraged to go out and take steps on their own to do the right thing. Local activism can certainly work. If you look around the state of California, you will discover that uh, restrictions on things like smoking were local ordinances from true grassroots efforts to do what our federal and state politicians had steadfastly refused to do after uh, getting really acquainted with uh, you know, large sacks of money provided by the tobacco industry. So good for St. Helena and good for Davis and good for all of you out there who want to take steps on your own to form groups to get active. Bravo. That's it for the show. We want to thank Chris Payne uh, for talking about who killed the electric car and hope that you will go out and see this. On next week's program, we hope to speak to R.V. Scheid of the Sacramento News and Review for some of the fine reporting he's done on what's going on in the Middle East and his article recently on nuclear power. We will also uh, again speak with Sean Mitten, our sports correspondent, and, and maybe get our bicycling correspondent Paul Dorn back to talk about what's going on with Floyd Landis. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We'll see you next Thursday at 5. And in the meantime, uh, keep listening to KDVS, starting right now with Todd on Hometown Atrocities. (laughs) 